here to ask you one question and one question only. What's your point? What's your point? What's your point? What's your point? So what's your point? What's your point? What's your point? What's your point, man? What's your point? What's your point? What's your point? This is what's your point. What's your point? What was his point? I have no idea. Dude, I don't get it. I don't get it either. And now, here are your hosts, Dolphin Osorio. And Polly Brzez. Do I have everybody's attention now? On Turn On The Jets Digital. Welcome to What's Your Point? It's your weekly New York Jets debate show. We like to say it's like PTI, but edgier and with only Jets topics. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I will be the moderator for this affair, so let me introduce you to your combatants. First, he knows software so well that Microsoft is going to be renamed DanSoft. It's true, I read about it somewhere. You can follow him on Twitter, at JetsonJolliff, and you can read his amazing Jets Twitter summaries every week at TurnOnTheJets.com. Mr. Dan Essie, and Dan, what's going on, man? What's good, what's good? Glad to be back, glad to be back. Special Christmas episode, which means we've got to bring in our special TOJ Santa. It's true, he's going to be wearing the hat and everything. And he's such a huge Duke fan that he actually knows how to spell Mike Krzyzewski's name. I can confirm I've seen him do it. Follow him on Twitter, at Greg Armstrong underscore Mr. Greg Armstrong. What's going on, Greg? What's up, guys? I'm actually going to do the uh, a sexy Santa this year, so it's just going to be overalls and the hat. So get ready for that. I'm not going to do the whole suit this year. Rumor has it Kyle Fahey is first in line to sit on your lap, sexy Santa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. As we move on to our guest judge this week, he knows collard greens like I know magic beans. It's true. My friends sometimes call me Jack. He is a world-renowned Ooh. chef, or at least a well-renowned chef. World-renowned, well-renowned, same thing, as far as I'm concerned. There are definitely people in Hong Kong right now that are a big fan of his collard greens. He's also a co-host on the great show here at Turn on the Jets Digital. There's always next year. Aptly named, if there ever was an aptly named podcast. Mr. Travis Milton. Travis, what's going on, man? Oh, I uh, just got back from Charlotte, uh, getting to see... The Knicks uh, win the second game ever in person for me, um, and I've been to probably about 40 Knicks games, so um, I don't have a very good outlook for the rest of the day. I already started drinking. Whiskey in the Golden Girls mug for Travis. By the way, I guess your record as a Knicks fan at live games in person is sort of similar to Hugh Jackson's record as head coach of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I have, I've never thought about that. <laughs> As I never had a reason to think about it, but I like I like your style. And now you know why people in Cleveland drink almost as much as you do, Travis. Oh, and that's as a whole. That's not individually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the challenge. Can the city of Cleveland outdrink Travis Milton? That's the Christmas challenge this year. I like it. So let's move on to the actual game and stop talking about how we're all a bunch of lushes watching terrible basketball. <laughs> we will start with going over the rules, and the rules are as such. We will have a modified presidential debate format. So it's four rounds. You will hear one person talk for one minute, then you will hear a rebuttal, and then a rebuttal of the rebuttal. At the end of four rounds... If we are tied, we will go into the overtime period, at which point our guest judge, Travis, will come up with a question all on his own. I won't know it. Greg and Dan won't know it. 
and they will have to respond on the fly, and then whoever makes the better argument will win the game for the week. Here is what Travis says the judge will be looking for as far as criteria, style and substance, color and command, so the two S's and the two C's. What that means is it's not just about who makes the better point, but it is also about who is more colorful, who is more entertaining, who is funnier, and let's be honest, who does the better trash talking. So with that in mind, let's get to our Christmas-themed episode here of What's Your Point? And we're going to do this Christmas Carol style. So it's going to be Ghost of Christmas Past, Ghost of Christmas Present, and Ghost of Christmas Future. So let's start with the Ghost of Christmas Past. The Ghost of Christmas Past has appeared, and he has said to you, you could change any decision In Jets history, so a play call, strategy, a trade, a draft, a hiring, a signing, anything along those lines. You could change anything, one thing, in Jets history, what would it be? Dan, we'll start with you. Okay, so the one thing I would do differently, and uh, as as someone with a doctorate in Jets Twitter, um, (laughs) (laughs) this has been a pretty important topic uh, that's caused a lot of divide, Uh, and that's... Drafting Pat Mahomes uh, in the 2017 draft. So all Jets Twitter would say, he's not going to be good on the Jets. He's not going to have 50 touchdowns. All of that is true. Uh, But the thing is, you get to set up somebody in your franchise that you can build around and get him to the point where he's performing at the maximum capacity. And even more importantly, you don't let him get to Kansas City you don't let him get to uh, this AFC opponent that you're going to have to face every year if you ever go anywhere in the playoffs. Uh, you keep him to yourself, and you don't let him get to uh, a man who I now call Walrus Thanos uh, because he got the final piece uh, to his Infinity Gauntlet, and that was Pat Mahomes. And now Andy Reid is unstoppable and laughing uh, at all his enemies. Uh, and you saw what he, what he was able to do. Um, in all these games against top top opponents, against the Patriots, against uh, a lot of the, the big AFC foes, yeah, they lost uh, to the Chargers last week, but we know that they're much better than what they showed uh, that week. So, yeah, I think drafting Pat Mahomes would be the one thing I would do differently because I think someone like that uh, is a piece that, you know, it, you can't find anywhere else. That's a once-in-a-lifetime type of player. That's Dan's point. Greg, what's your point? Uh, I'll do you one better, Dan. I'm going to go back a couple years in the draft, and that was McCagman's first draft, and that would be taking Zick Beasley over Leonard Williams. For for the fact that the Jets already had a stacked defensive line with Sheldon, Moe, and Snacks, all before they kind of tailed off. Snacks is still playing pretty well, but before Sheldon and Moe kind of tailed off. And the need for an edge rusher was there. I mean, there's there's no reason why you need to stockpile a defensive line when a great defensive line on its own has won nothing in the history of the NFL. Is it a good piece to have? Yeah, but the, the back end of the defense needs to hold up its, its end, too. And with a pass rusher sitting right there on the board, Vic Beasley, I think, I mean, it's, it's plagued McCagnon in his entire tenure with the Jets, taking the best player available because he fell to you. It was the safe pick taking the, you know, widely regarded top player in that year's draft when you didn't really have a need for a defensive lineman. So if I, if I had to go back, I would for sure take Vic Beasley over Leonard Williams in that draft. Dan, your rebuttal. So I definitely I definitely feel that, and I think that uh, that's, that's definitely something that I was, uh, at the time, hoping would happen. Uh, but I think that the Mahomes draft pick would have been more special because he's somebody that uh, physically cannot be 
you, you can't duplicate that. Uh, and it's one thing to have somebody uh, who has physical skills but doesn't really know what to do with them, uh, kind of like a stumbling, like, baby antelope, kind of like Josh Allen, uh, in that he has, like, this rocket arm, but, you know, somebody's five yards in front of him and he's still using the rocket. Uh, whereas somebody like Pat Mahomes, he's in tune with his physical uh, skill set. Um, and people knew that before the draft, they were starting to see that. Um, and, you know, teams for some reason still passed on him. And he was right there for the Jets to take and be the smart team, but they didn't do it. They didn't have the courage, uh, and they went with a safer pick. And obviously, and that's the second time in a row, I'm apologizing to Jamal Adams. Um, I, you were a great draft pick. I love you. Uh, but Pat <laughs> Mahomes uh, would have changed the franchise for sure. And it would give them a better sense of, hey, this you know this player might be ahead of ahead of our coaching staff. Maybe we need a new coaching staff. All the things that the Jets fans want right now, they could still have with Mahomes and have the quarterback position set. And we would have had those two second round draft picks. They just really would have been a better team overall. You've heard from Dan. You've heard from Greg. Travis, what do you think? I'm going to go ahead and say gut reaction. You're both wrong. The correct answer is we never, ever should have picked up a Boomer Esiason. Therefore, we would not be continually subjected to the Boomer and Carlton show on a daily basis at this point in our lives. No, Travis, don't go there. <laughs> Do not go there. Um, no, I got to go with uh, I got to go with the Vic Beasley take. Um, I'm pretty happy with Darnold. I love Jamal Adams to death. Uh, we need that rusher. I'm going with the Vic Beasley take. Wow, Greg on the board with the one nothing start. I have to say though. I'm going to go back a little bit before what you guys are talking about. And if I could change anything, I would go back to January of 1983. I would call John Gotti and I would say, John, I want you to send four of your finest gentlemen down to Miami to guard the stadium and make sure that Don Shula does not turn on the sprinklers before the game and thus nullify the entire Jets strategy and screw them out of their rightful spot in the 1983 Super Bowl. So if I could have changed anything, that is what I would have done. I would have called in the big guns and made sure that the Jets were going to the Super Bowl in 1983. As we move along from the ghost of Christmas past to the ghost of Christmas present. So the ghost of Christmas present shows up and he says, you can change anything you want right now. You can make any move except because this is going to be too obvious, firing a member of the staff. But you can do anything else with the Jets at this exact moment. What would you do? Greg, you go first. So I've kind of been on this this hill for, for a couple of weeks now, and it's it's shown up on the tape. I honestly would if we're at this point, I would sit Leonard Williams. Um, the production is simply not there. We've seen on multiple occasions where his effort is on the Mo Wilk level after he got paid. I've I've gotten into some arguments with people on Twitter saying, well, what, you know, Leonard Williams is talented. Why would you sit him? And it's like, you're telling me you can't get the same production out of Fadakasi or Pinnell at that same position. I mean, Leonard Williams is doing absolutely nothing and he's providing no effort on this defensive line. Um, So if you're Todd Bowles and you want to, I know he's not because he's Todd Bowles. If you want to make a point, sit Leonard Williams and say, Hey, listen, if you're not going to show any effort, you're not going to play. I mean, this should have happened. Todd Bowles should have laid the hammer down years ago when he's a head coach. I don't think he's realized he's a head coach yet. But if you want to prove a point to this team in the last couple of games, sit Leonard Williams. That's Greg's point. Dan, what's your point? My point's a little uh, is offensive based, and it's uh, based on Sam Darnold's development. So 
I would let Sam Darnold call plays at the line for the rest of the season and go mostly no huddle. Uh, I think that would be a huge step in developing him and making sure that he's taking the steps that he needs to take going into next year. Uh, and I think that he has uh, the intellect to do so. I think that coming out of college, uh, he was somebody that had uh, pretty good input in the college offense. He actually got in trouble one time because it seemed like he was criticizing the play calling. Uh, then they talked about it. You know, Clay Helton was like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's not. And then Sam's like, oh, I'm not criticizing it. And he probably was. But uh, he's obviously somebody who's knowledgeable. Um, and uh, obviously we've seen what's happening with Jerry Bates play calling. It seems to be on and off. Uh, you know, the game winning drive seemed like it was pretty good. But um, other times throughout the rest of the game, it's just kind of just, you don't, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, I would love to see them trust Sam Darnold with the play calling uh, so he can get his feet wet, you know, get some uh, good experience doing that going into next year where he might be in a new offense, but at least he'll have an understanding of what it is to uh, to go no huddle and make the play calls himself and stuff like that. Greg, your rebuttal. Well, I, I think that's a good idea. I think the ramifications is that doesn't go well would just it would be an absolute tailspin throughout whether it's the, the Jets organization or online. Could you imagine if Sam a lot they allowed Sam to call the plays at the line and he had a bad game and it comes out that Todd put the play calling on Sam? I mean, Jets Twitter would just absolutely explode saying, How could you do that for a twenty one year old QB? All this, blah 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 blah. Well I think the highs would certainly be high. I think at this point the the lows certainly out way the highs in that um and it would just be an absolute just effed up show to to go into the offseason with knowing that Todd Bowles put it on Sam Darnold's shoulder and it and he didn't produce and it would just it would lead to a lot of well why would you do that to a 21 year old QB and I, I am just not ready to deal with that on Twitter right now after the season we've gone to you've heard from Greg you've heard from Dan what do you say Travis I got to go with Dan. I think uh, I, I would prefer about anybody in the city of New York to have play calling duties over top of Todd Bowles or <laughs> Jeremy Bates. Although, if I had if I had to answer this question, it would be convert Tremaine Johnson into a wide receiver because apparently his hands are pretty decent. He's getting those interceptions, but um, I think uh, you know I'm, I'm still not amped on the coverage. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Dan. How dare you talk that way about PFF's eighth-ranked cornerback in the NFL? (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere Joe Blewett's head just blew up, and there's bits and pieces of it all over his room, as I said that, calling Tremaine Johnson the eighth-best cornerback in the NFL. But it's not my fault. PFF, I don't know what you're doing for your rankings, but whatever it is, it's not right. Because I'm pretty sure if there's one thing we can all agree on on this debate show, it's that Tremaine Johnson is not the eighth-best cornerback in the NFL. Numbers don't lie, Scott. Numbers don't lie, but people do. So the people at PFF, get your act together. As we move along to topic number three, tied at 1-1. Who will take the lead? We're about to find out as we get to the ghost of Christmas future. So the question here is, if you could make any decision after the season going forward for the long-term health of the franchise, what would it be? Dan, you go first. So I would hire a coach from the college ranks, uh, whether that's Matt Campbell or Chris Peterson. Uh, I would make sure that I get someone from college to be the head coach because Mike McCagden needs help. And it's, since it sounds like they're going to keep him around, you want to get a college coach who's 
really well acquainted with the college pipeline, with recruits, with people who are currently in college who are going to be draft eligible in the upcoming years, uh, that can help him. Because, honestly, we, we all see what's going on. It's hard to know if you can trust Mike McKegman with draft picks. And if he has somebody uh, to help him out, uh, that's the head coach, and also bring some new energy to the team, um, a good mindset. You know, guys like Matt Campbell and Chris Peterson, uh, they can also bring along some, some great coaching assistance uh, from the guys that they know uh, that could really help uh, this young team develop, um, especially guys like, you know, Darnold, Jamal Adams, and all of them. Um, those are guys that they probably know uh, fairly well, uh, especially someone like Chris Peterson knows Sam Darnold very well uh, as, a, as a Pac-10 coach. So, um, yeah, I would get a coach from the college ranks, um, get them to bring some new energy to the team, uh, while at the same time helping the front office draft better. That's Dan's point. Greg, what's your point? So the Jets are probably going to end up in the, the three to six range for the draft, I'm assuming. I would trade, I would trade out of, of where they are. They need to, they need to stockpile draft picks. They need assets on this team. They don't have a second round pick right now due to the Darnold trade. At this point, you need to just get as many players as you can. And the way that it stands now, they don't have the draft capital to put a good team together or to get as many significant pieces as they want. So if you, it's, there's a couple of teams that are going to need quarterbacks. And if they feel the need to jump, I would trade out of the three to six range, stockpile those picks. And you can probably still get your guy, uh, at, you know, seven or eight, if you want him. And you, you probably get that second round pick back. You get more young players. You can build more around Darnold because free agency is such a crapshoot. And I get that they're going to have the $100 million in cap space. We saw how that worked out last season. I would trade out, stockpile draft picks, and get some help for Darnold. Daniel Rebuttal. So uh, I think that trading out is a great idea. But I think without the right people in Mike McCagnon's ears, uh, he's going to continue to trade and continue to trade and then continue to trade. And then by the end of the draft, we'll have eight six-round draft picks so he can show <laughs> off his, his background as a college scout and, you know, find the diamond in the rough with, uh, you know, this these eight different picks. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that getting a coach from the college ranks might be more important just to make sure that he's making responsible decisions with these trades. Travis, what do you think? Who's going to take this the lead This is a tough here? one because uh, you're both completely wrong and completely right. Uh, <laughs> what, what has to happen is we have to stand pat and go all in on drafting Zion Williams no matter what. Um, yes. yes! Even though he doesn't play football, you know, who cares? Um, you know. Wait, so who do we got? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking about how ludicrous my statement was. Um, I'll end on that one. I got to go with Dan because I agree. Like, McCagney is just going to trade back, and we're going to have 18 Ardarius Stewarts. <laughs> <laughs> the old John Idzik strategy of drafting. Although, I have to say, if this were me answering this question, and since I'm moderating, I'm just going to put my own opinion out there, and you can't judge it, Travis, because I'm not part of this discussion, so na 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 na. But what uh-huh. I would do is I would bring John Idzik back to run the business end oh, of things. No. I would bring oh, Eric Mangini back to run the personnel department and make them the new dynamic duo, and then I would hire Chris Peterson, assuming Lincoln Riley turned me down, because I would show up at Oklahoma with a pile of Scrooge McDuck money. 
asking him to come and take this job. And if he said no, I would hire Chris Peterson. So that's what I would do. I would clear out the front office, bring back the Mangini-Idzik tandem. Idzik runs the business end. Mangini runs all the player personnel stuff. And then somebody like Chris Peterson is the new coach. I think that would actually work pretty well, even though there's 0% chance it would ever happen. (laughs) Where's the end call on this thing? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, all I know is people in Jacksonville very high on Idzik's ability to manage the cap. So say whatever you want to about the man, but you team him with a genius like Eric Mangini who put together those AFC championship caliber teams when he was here. I think that's a pretty good duo. So I stand by my statement, Greg Armstrong. Sorry, I checked out after uh, after the John Edzik thing. Is there a mute button on this thing, at least? Can I do that? Jeez, Greg, relax. What, are you putting together an anti-Idzik podcast or something? My piece is coming out in August, Scott. <laughs> August of 2020? <laughs> yes. <laughs> As we move along now to question number four, also Christmas-themed, but doesn't have anything to do with any ghosts. And this is right in Travis's wheelhouse because he is a well-known chef. So... Let's ask this question. Pauly isn't here, but his mom is well-known for her incredible Christmas menu. So here's what I want to know in honor of Pauly and his mom. What is the one item that is absolutely essential and must be on any Christmas menu? This one, we will start with Craig. So I'm not the biggest foodie. Um... This is going to go terribly, but um, <laughs> you guys are forgetting. I spent Thanksgiving eating tacos and drinking whiskey. I, I think you're you're all going to be okay. <laughs> I'm uh, my aunt. We always go over to her house for Christmas, and she makes just a, a big seafood platter. So I'm a huge seafood guy. If you have any type of seafood on the menu, whether it's lobster, whether it's fish, shrimp, clams, oysters, you know, you go down the list. Any seafood on the menu, you have my heart. I'm going with any seafood. That's Greg's point. Dan, what's your point? So this is the perfect question. Great. Uh, Awesome. Um, And it's because it's literally in my handle. At Jetson Jolof. Jolof rice is the greatest food ever made. Uh, (laughs) I grew up with it. Uh, I know nobody else knows what it is. Correct. Most likely. But <laughs> it is the greatest version of rice that could ever be made. Um, and it is a Nigerian staple. Um, I knew as soon as I saw the question that I was going to go with this because it's perfect. Uh, there's, there's, no, there's no way you can make a better Christmas meal than with jollof rice. And we have it every year. My mom always just puts her foot in it. Not literally, but you know what I mean. Uh, (laughs) perfect combination of spice you get a little bit of beef in there get some some assorted meats you know um get some nice marbling on those meats you know everything's nice and tender uh you know you got some rice a little bit of tomato sauce in there um and it's it's perfect you really can't get anything better than jollof rice and i hope that you all get to experience it one day because it's like being presented uh you know an, an angel's food something that they eat in heaven heck of an argument for rice by the way he's talking about (laughs) i got lost there for a second i was like is he talking about oh rice okay greg your rebuttal i mean how can i rebuttal that he's he's, it's his his mother's staple it's a nigerian staple like what 
if I say anything bad, I'm either going to get killed by Dan or his mother. So, like, <laughs> what, what rebuttal do I have here? I need to save my life in, in these times. I mean, I, I simply can't. I can't. I can't rebuttal that for fear of my own life. <laughs> I already know what the answer to this is in the Milton household. Obviously, collard greens. But, Travis, of the two answers that were provided to you, what do you think? Well, um, I'm, 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 I'm oddly slightly torn only because I've been on a keto diet for like three months, and uh, Dan just made me really want to break that freaking diet and eat some rice. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, getting serious for two seconds, most of what I do is rooted in story um, and in uh, heritage cooking, especially when it comes to um, the cultures that kind of comprise the South. Um, so i uh, just, just your love and compassion for such an indigenous dish uh, in your family. Um, I got to go with you, Dan. Kudos! Hey. Wow, <laughs> Dan wins in regulation. By the way, if we're talking about that, I have to say that Kalaloo and probably a little bit of Jamaican soup is essential in my household. So everybody's nice. got a little something different. Dan, maybe we could get together to trade a little jollof rice and Jamaican soup. It might be a good combination. I think it's time. I think we got to get Greg in there, too. Greg, you are the mayor of Syracuse, so I'm sure you've got something up there. Maybe some buffalo wings, or what do you got up there? <laughs> Scott, buffalo wings are in Buffalo. Close <laughs> enough, Syracuse, <laughs> Buffalo. Wings it are. says it in the name. Hey, do, do you guys have oranges up there? Is that, is that, what, is that what you're doing? <laughs> it's true. We do have oranges here. It's got to be something snow-flavored, I'm thinking, right? That's your specialty up in Syracuse? I mean, like the the Syracuse staple is like varsity pizza. On the, on the <laughs> <laughs> Syracuse isn't really this like melting pot of foods. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do instead, Greg. As a compromise, we'll just all go to Wegmans. Wegmans is is it? Like, if you want anything, just go to Wegmans, and I'm sure they'll have it. I've often said my dream is to one day work for one of the following three places in their marketing and branding department. Fuddruckers, Mellow Yellow, or Wegmans. So somebody get on the ball and get me on the phone with the president of one of those companies, please. I want to live in Wegmans. I just want to live there. <laughs> Travis, you fit in like a glove with me and Greg because you have no idea. You should see the DMs between the two of us. 95% of them are talking about certain foods we found at Wegmans and how we want to go and do a live show there. I think the biggest way I've sustained my fandom, um, again, Greg, I'm sorry, of the UVA Cavaliers, is that there is a Wegmans in Charlottesville, and it's only four hours away from me, but I'm more than willing to travel to see <laughs> some quote-unquote decent college basketball and, uh, <laughs> and get, get some, some food. Travis is a big fan of 40 points a game. <laughs> Hell yeah, I have defense all day long, man. It's, it's like soccer basketball. <laughs> Let's be honest. Travis is actually going down there for the Wegmans, and he's using the UVA as an excuse. Yeah, there just happens to be a UVA game going on. The prepared yes. food section at Wegmans is what I'm really going for, but I'll tell people it's for the UVA game because it sounds less crazy. <laughs> get, get, the, get the crab meat pretzel. It's where it's at. <laughs> well, Dan, you have won this week, so Merry Christmas, sir. And now, in the spirit of Christmas and in the spirit of what's your point, you get 30 seconds to say whatever you want. So bragging rights, my man. Go ahead and say whatever's on your mind. All right, well, now that I just talked about jollof rice, that's literally all that's on my mind right now. <laughs> uh, I basically ruined my own uh, victory speech here. Uh, but, yeah, I hope everybody has a great holiday. Uh, make sure you rest. 
get some uh, get some relaxation going on. Um, it's gonna be hard to watch the Jets as the season closes, but uh, there's still some things to look forward to, um, and obviously plenty of awesome writing at Turn on the Jets. Uh, it's almost, I think, almost two years for me. Um, so I, I, I definitely, I'm super thankful for all the guys that turn on Jets, especially Scott, uh, obviously Joe and everybody, and Greg, because you guys are always willing to, to chat with me whenever I have uh, things I want to talk about or players that I'm like, yo, this guy's really good, uh, or anything like that. Uh, you guys are always down to, to, to have conversations with me, and you don't know, you don't realize how much that keeps me from going crazy with the uh, with my my other life that I live uh, <laughs> <laughs> with software because uh, yeah, there's not a lot of sports knowledge around there. But uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate being able to work with you guys. It's been awesome couple of years. So looking forward to all the great things coming up. Dan, that makes me feel happy because I always thought that I was this close to getting blocked by you on Twitter. So now that I know that you actually like our conversations. <laughs> I feel much more in a Christmas spirit mood right now. Travis, thank you so much for coming on and judging. Great job as always. I hope you'll come back. Before we leave, can I get some input? Let's do it. I've got some weird – okay, so it's laundry day. Um, so all my good jet jerseys are in, in, in the wash. So, so today going to the bar, uh, should I wear one, which of the following? This is four jerseys I've got laid out. All right. Uh, Richie Anderson. Mm. Ooh. Lavernius Coles, mm-hmm. Vernon Golston. Oh, Ooh. Travis, I think you know the answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> or Darren Lee. Ooh. I think you know the answer to this question. Don't say Golston. It happens now. All right. It's got to be Coles. It has uh, to be Coles. All right, so we got one Coles and one Golston. Do not, do not staple my name to that man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go with... Darren Lee on this one because you do this week in Darren Lee on the show, so you got to stay true to the brand. Oh. I know, but he's in my doghouse. But all right, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll track down some CBD oil before I go to the uh, the bar just to try to get get in his mindset. We oh, should yeah. be like one of those. We should be like one of those weirdos that like chops jerseys in half and puts them together. Just do that for all four, <laughs> <laughs> like a, like a collage. Yeah, Richie Richie Lee. <laughs> Rich, Richie, Lee Golston. Gol- Richie Lee Golston sounds like somebody that could probably live in Virginia, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, thanks so much for coming on, man. You did a great job. I hope you'll come back soon. I love listening to you with Brian Bassett on. There's always next year. I've been telling everybody about this. I've been listening to Brian forever, really, since he started the Jets Blog Podcast. And so I was so happy when he decided to come out of podcast retirement and bring a new show to us at Turn On The Jets Digital. And he said, oh, I'm going to have my friends Josh and Travis come on and do the show with me. And I thought, all right, well, anything with Brian's going to be good. But I had no idea just how good it was going to be with you and Josh. You guys are hilarious, always bringing something fresh to the table. I find myself quoting some of the stuff that you say. Just the Golden Girls stuff, just my girlfriend literally laughed out loud listening to you talk about drinking whiskey out of a Golden Girls mug and the saying that you had that I want to put on a shirt. I want you to go ahead and repeat that before we go, by the way. My life's motto is Dorothy in the streets, Blanche in the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Truer words were never spoken, but yeah, that one got a huge laugh in my household. So, Travis, I got to say one of the highlights 
of Turn on the Jets Digital this year, without a doubt, was you and Josh joining up with Brian and bringing that podcast to us. Not only is it a lot of fun from a Jets perspective, but you guys are hilarious. So thank you for bringing the LOLs every week. I'm really glad that you guys are on board. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Dan. Merry Christmas, Greg. Travis, for anybody who's unfamiliar with your work on the show or really anything else that you've got going on, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can get a hold of you. Um, on Twitter, I'm at dash 37 board, uh, 27 Instagram dash 37 board 37. The only reason there's a difference is because I was setting up my Twitter, um, drunkenly, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, and if you just type my name into Google, you know, you can, you can, you can find a bunch of, of pictures of me in chef coats and stuff. Travis will never quit drinking because winners never quit, right, Travis? That's a freaking lootly. <laughs> that, I'm a Jets fan. I mean, that, that really <laughs> Once again, sure words never spoken. Thank you so much again, Travis. Really appreciate it. Thank you to you for listening to What's Your Point? And hey, Merry Christmas. I have exercised the demons. This house is clear. <laughs> <laughs>